The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hi, I'm Gina Thomas-Kelly from SB Nation. And I'm Amir Tyree from DraftKings Nation. And we're the hosts of Football Cheat Sheet, a brand new podcast that comes out every Friday, providing you with the tools you need to win money and dominate your friends and fantasy this NFL season. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast via your favorite podcast platform. And if you have questions about fantasy football, DFS, or betting options, drop those questions along with a five-star review, and we'll be glad to answer them on our next show. All right, let's get into the key storylines of this week. A couple of things I want to touch on just uh, off the top of my head, just seeing um, just so much potential was in that Cowboys offense. And now uh, Andy Dalton is looking to uh, bounce back and and try and start in a uh, place of Ben DiNucci, who is uh, slated to start against the Eagles in that NFC East game this week. Um, what is the outlook for the Cowboys franchise as a whole um, from a fantasy football's perspective? Because it's looking really bad all over the place right now. It, it really is. And I mean, I think that your best bet is still going to be Ezekiel Elliott, but they've also had pretty key injuries along the offensive line, which make run blocking harder. And when they have so much uncertainty at quarterback and even Dalton is a significant step down from Dak, in my opinion. Um, and then like, I, bless his heart, but I can't even remember the third guy. on the. You just said his name and I can't even remember the guy's name. <laughs> on the, oh yeah. Uh, the I wrote, I wrote something just a little bit after, um, the injury went down and I can't even remember what college he's from, but I know he's a rookie seventh rounder from this past year. So Yeah. And so, I mean, it's just, if defenses know that they're going up against somebody who's so untested like that, it just, it also limits their opportunities in the run game because they're able to just kind of stack the box. And um, you can't always just take Ezekiel Elliott out of the equation because of the way that he runs, but it's a lot easier to contain him when you have that uncertainty behind center. So, um, yeah, I would not feel very comfortable starting any Cowboys offensive players except for maybe Zeke this week. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm the same on Zeke. And then as, uh, Amari Cooper has actually really been able to kind of maintain his production so far because um, he's, he's been having a great season regardless, even through the quarterback changes and despite them getting just destroyed by Washington. <laughs> Um, this pat, this pat uh, in week seven, but yeah, the rest, the rest of them with guys like uh, C. Lamb and, and Michael Gallup, it's really hard to because the the passing offense looks like it's completely scrapped. And not that the Eagles are absolutely uh, great in the secondary; they did make the upgrade upgrade with Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. But uh, the defense, the defensive line, even the even if they want to be more Zeke centric, which 
I'll touch I'll touch on that a little bit uh, later when we go over the over under stuff because you know even even Zeke as you touched on the, on the offensive line has just not looked anything like the Zeke we've seen so far this season. But I, I I think I think he could still be I think he's the guy who could still be worth playing. But the rest of them is going to really be hard to make a case for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just a brutal season for the Cowboys. Um, I was pretty shocked. I mean, I, I'm you know I'm not very high on the Cowboys. I don't have high expectations for them right now. Understandably, uh, the defense is also very bad. But I still was pretty taken aback that they got handled by the Washington Football Team the way that they did. Yeah, and then just sticking with uh, just major major quarter, quarterback situations. Baker Mayfield uh, now without his top receiver Odell Beckham Jr., who's uh, out for the season with a torn ACL. So not that nece- not necessarily that OBJ, who's on my season long team, which like I've just been completely scrapped this week. As far as uh, I had Chris Godwin and Odell, yeah, both of those guys going down was big for me. And um, you know Baker was one of the more surprising performances in week seven throwing for those uh five touchdowns hitting four different receivers with the one pick after Odell Beckham Jr. went down on the first drive so how how much do you buy into him just being able maybe not be able to produce on that level but do you think not feeling like oh I got to get the ball we have to get the ball to OBJ so we can uh, make his plays in the open field is that is the weight being lifted is that gonna open up their offense more you know, it's it is really an interesting scenario. <clears throat> I was really excited about this Browns offense going into the season because they just have an absurd amount of talent. Um, and yeah, obviously losing OBJ is, is a huge blow. And I think that if the rest of the entry report didn't look the way that it does for the Browns, I probably would feel like having OBJ off the field might open up some opportunities for some other guys, especially like tight end Austin Hooper has started to develop better chemistry with Mayfield. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry is extremely talented in his own right. Um, but then Austin Hooper just had his appendix out. And so I don't know that he is going to be available. He did not play on Thursday. He is doubtful for this weekend. Jarvis Landry uh, has a rib injury and a hip injury. So he was limited on Wednesday. Kareem Hunt has a rib injury, was limited on Wednesday. So they've got a lot a lot of other injuries to key guys. And I think that that combined with missing OBJ is going to put the Browns at much more of a disadvantage. Yeah, and definitely uh, in season long, most most people have like unless you're in a pretty deep league have uh, been staying away from Baker Mayfield because because we know he's not going to put up the kind of stats that a lot of the rest of them have because of his one two punch, which um, has been lessened a little. Uh, I would say significantly by the absence of um, Chubb in the backfield. But I I'm, I'll be keeping an eye on just how uh, Mayfield's ownership looks in DFS and how many people are looking to come back to him and maybe be more interested in Harrison Bryant, who caught two touchdowns and gets the start over David Njoku, which was surprising. And then Rashard Higgins just goes cra- just goes ridiculous with a 100-yard game, which I don't, I don't think he can repeat that performance. But if it's like realistically, is Rashard, is Rashard Higgins the number one option should uh, Jarvis Landry not be able to go? And it's not like they have a really tough matchup coming up because they're against uh, Las Vegas Raiders and – Week eight, who at least on on DraftKings, uh, I want to say against quarterbacks they ranked twenty seventh um, for uh, against against quarterbacks as far as fantasy football production. So I think I think that's an ideal lineup, but 
if it, it just it just depends on what the overall uh, health outlook of that team is, and I think it could be kind of a sneak, kind of like a sneaky stack. Um, I'm not. I'm gonna wait to see what the injury report looks on looks like uh, come Sunday, but I think they have an ideal matchup, and not 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 necessarily long term, but at least through this weekend, I think they could follow up with a strong one. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, the Browns have finally looked to kind of be hitting their stride after, I don't know, since like 2009. So yeah. <laughs> I, I think that Browns fans are thrilled because Mayfield does look like the best quarterback that they've had in this, you know, two plus decades long search for a franchise guy. Um, so yeah, even with the injuries, I think that Mayfield still has a chance to play well and get another one for the Browns. I, the most 2020 thing ever might be that the Browns are actually good <laughs> this year. <laughs> and overcome adversity would be crazy. Like, especially if they, you know, when you look at their schedule, it, it still looks like they're going to be a playoff team, even without the guys that they consider their top playmakers would, you know, just imagine just all the, just miss the misfortune. And then the year they break through is the one where you know they're missing all their stars but it, it, their outlook is pretty good for them it, it just as far as uh the play just the playoff picture if they can hold on and not implode yeah it is kind of interesting with the browns because they're like just now kind of starting to reap the rewards from sashi brown the gm it may have even been two gms ago but he stockpiled draft picks and um cap space and so now they've been able to build this uh you know really a star-studded team and um yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what impact the injuries do have on that. And then just sticking in the quarterback realm, just so much quarterback stuff going on, is Tua Tagovailoa is going to be making his first NFL start uh, coming up against the LA Rams. Just from the stuff I've uh, the stuff I've read and heard, um, they've been talking about how amazing he is um, in practice, and they really want to make that push. And we talked about it uh, two shows ago when they were going into their bye week just about him having that extra time but he's coming up against one of the best secondaries in the nfl and he's gonna be having uh aaron donald in his face and he's got his top he's got top receiver Devonte parker with, who's dealing with a groin injury but um we've seen you know we've seen miami put together some solid performances when uh ryan Fitzpatrick was under center kind of a boomer bust guy where he's either under 200 or over 300 so this is the week where tua can make his case to come off the waiver wire and I think a lot of people could swarm to him, especially if, you know, if he does something against the Rams, then any average or below average defense, you know, it looks like an optimal lineup. So Tua, he, I, I've, I've followed his career since he was in high school. I was covering SEC recruiting when he was coming out of high school. And so I've just always been a fan of the way that he plays. I'm really excited to see him at this level. Um, I really don't know that if I were, Brian Flores that I would have thrown him out in his first NFL start against Aaron Donald, but um, I'm also not an NFL head coach for a number of reasons. So, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. So yeah, I'm kind of in a wait and see pattern on tour right now, but as somebody who has just loved to watch him play for many years, I'm hoping that he does well. And he's uh two for two throwing the football. So mm -hmm. he's off to a good start. Yeah. And now uh, moving on into over-unders, two of the guys that I talked about in just kind of the key storylines are uh, going to be popping up. And I think they could be, you know, what their their stat lines could be pretty significant in fantasy football coming up in week eight. So my first one is Ezekiel Elliott over or under 80 total yards. He's been held under 60 in back-to-back -back games, uh, rushing and receiving. And 
his season low was 12 carries, and he's had 12 carries for back-to-back games. He uh, reached that mark uh, once before early in the season, I think uh, week three or four. But when you expect uh, Dallas to be giving him more of the ball, he's seeing less of it. So what do we expect from Ezekiel Elliott against the Eagles? This is a really good question. Um, I'm going to take the over just because I think that they should be using him more. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to take the over. It might not be much over, but I think that we all know that Zeke is capable of more than 80 yards a game. Yeah. And also, I think he could be, he's kind of high price. I have to, uh, at some point in the show, we'll go back and see uh, what his price looks like. It hasn't, it hasn't dropped down a ridiculous amount on DraftKings, but um, just as a variance play because every, everyone has seen what he's done. And then the Eagles are no slouches on the defensive line. So why I would I would assume most people will still think the regression could continue. But going into the situation with uh, who's going to be under quarterback being up in the air, I think that he could like sneakily pop back and have a bounce back game. I'm going to take the over on 80. Just like three games of under 60 yards would seem. It seems like he's due. Yeah, but, he's due. Yeah, maybe, maybe he'll surprise us though. <laughs> uh yeah but second secondly i'm gonna go back to Tua. uh 220 passing yards it seems low um but given the that his top wide receiver is looking to come back uh bounce bounce back from that groin injury and the rams are one of the top passives in the nfl giving up just 212 uh per game but you know they're they're one of the more well-rounded defenses in the nfl they can stop the run the my, the dolphins don't really have a true feature back they have Gaskins gets touches any way he can and they'll use uh, Brita and Howard um, in spells but I think a lot of that is going to depend on uh, them banking on uh, to his accuracy so how do you think he stacks up well um, like you said he's two for two so far in his pro career so that's certainly encouraging but I do think first NFL start going up against an extremely well-rounded complete defense with the best defensive player in the league staring him down across the line of scrimmage and Aaron Donald. I got to take the under. Um, That's not a knock on Tua. I love him as a player. I'm excited to see what he can do in this league, but I'm just not ready to say that he is going to light it up against the Rams. When I was looking at, when I was looking at this one, I almost wanted to bump it up and make it higher, but it's just, there's, there's so little, we have, we have so much to, to look, to look at as, uh, as far as Los Angeles and what they've been able to do. And so little from from so little from Tua, and you know that's 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 against some of the uh, better passing attacks in the NFL that they face so far this season, and coming and coming in fresh with a guy who hasn't made an NFL start. I think I'm also leaning uh, toward the under on that one. I think he has a, a tough debut, but I think he picks it up once you know build, building from that. He's not going to see many matchups tougher than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk season, about so. trial by fire right off the bat. And then lastly, Tyler Lockett, who just blew up slates everywhere. Um, it seems like for the most part, he catches three touchdowns or he catches one. He had, I think, two or two or two or three with no touchdowns. But the Seahawks passing attack is just crazy. If if it, it's uh, Lockett, it's Metcalf, or it's both of them. Um, yeah, one one of them is always going to go off with Russell Wilson and the chemistry he has with them. But I have his over under for one and a half receiving touchdowns. We know he can kind of uh, score in bunches and he's, uh, he has great chem- He has great chemistry, with Russell Wilson, and he's one of those top red zone targets. Do we think he can follow up with another multi touchdown game? 
up against the Titans. Oh, not the Titans, but 49ers. Good pass defense. The Niners have been really up and down, and their defense has just been decimated by injuries. Um, I think that this is probably going to be one of those games where he does go over 1.5. Do you think Metcalf bounces back as well? And you think you think it's more of a more of a locket game than a Metcalf game or even? I think that the way that the Niners will likely attack it is try to limit one or the other, and you know then hopefully dedicate some double coverage to the other guy. So I don't know. I I don't think that they'll both be able to go for multiple touchdowns. But um, yeah, if somebody's going to, I'm going to say it's Lockett. I still remember vividly what he did to the Falcons in week one. (laughs) And now uh, I guess if we want to go into our hits and misses, I actually did not get into the show's contest. You guys locked me out uh, a little early. So who knows? Maybe if we get enough interest, we can – uh, get two coming around this week as we hit the midway point in the season. But one of the hits I had was uh, I went all in on the Cincinnati Bengals against the Browns. So I had Joe Burrow, T Higgins, AJ Green. I wish I would have gotten uh, that Tyler Boyd in there too. I was, it was just like, there are so many guys that I really liked for the Bengals and just choosing to fade Giovanni Bernard, because I think only between him and him and Mixon, I, the third string running back has one carry on the season. And that one he got was last game where uh, Bernard had 13. And then I think also had like five or six catches. But I, I faded him. But yeah, I, I thought they were going to run up the score. And it seems like Joe Burrow really has everything clicking with his entire receiving core now. Um, but now they're coming up against now they're coming up against the Titans who don't necessarily have uh Great pass defense, but one one thing with me, I really would uh, go back to them, but I was kind of looking at the weather report where it's looking like uh, 15 mile per hour winds mm. uh, in that game, and gusts some going up to 25 miles per hour. So given that um, Bernard is averaging like something 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 under four yards of carry, he's not gonna he's not gonna tear it up as a traditional running back. But as far as all purpose yardage, he handle he handles it pretty well there. For me, my my DFS lineup was all over the place last week. Um, my big hits last week were Kyler Murray, who ended up in DraftKings having 41.1 points. Um, I really thought that that was, I mean, I didn't, nobody expected that Seahawks-Cardinals game to go the way that it did. Oh. But I did expect Kyler Murray to have a big game, and then he even exceeded those expectations. And then the two that I was most thrilled about were actually both Washington football team guys. Um, You know, just knowing what that Dallas defense is like, I took a chance. They were both good prices. Antonio Gibson ended up with 21.8 points and Terry McLaurin, who can be really boomer bust. I mean, he's kind of all over the place, but he won me quite a bit of money last year and he had kind of a vintage 2019 game on Sunday too. So with 22 points. So those were my big hits of the week. Everything else was pretty much a massive miss. And so that's why I still didn't win any money, but those three guys I was thrilled with. No. Yeah. Now that you bring that up, actually, I was, I guess I, I tried, I tried to repress it. That uh, Seahawks Cardinals game just killed <laughs> me just because uh, my biggest, my, the biggest GPP I played, I actually, I missed out by cashing by, I think 0.68 points. And I was, I was, I was in, I was in the money for like, for like three or $400 or something like that. And then it's just like the Cardinals kick, the Cardinals like missed the game, missed the game winning field goal. And I was like, oh, of course, everyone immediately behind me just has like, 
every like everyone everyone needed for that one. Let's just note that they missed the game winning field goal because Cliff Kingsbury iced his own kicker. Yeah. <laughs> and then ended up winning anyway. So that was that was a real roller coaster ride on Monday. Yeah, they did. But yeah, the rest the rest of the way it had uh a lot of good hits. And I was like, oh man, I was like, I can I can really finish really high, really high up in this one. And I uh, took the risk of uh, fading that entire game. But yeah, I had, what was it? I wanted to, I to look back and see because I had uh, Devontae Adams and then uh, Gronkowski came back and scored another touchdown for another oh, week. Yeah, had, he was a good play and, last yeah, week. Yeah, and had, and had Kamara in there. And then I was like, oh, I really did not get a piece of this game. Because when I, when I saw, uh, when Tyler Lockett was on like second touchdown, I was like, yeah, everyone's going to catch me. Yep, yep. So yeah, those were the three guys. And then um, my misses last week, my biggest miss, and this is one that I've still kicked myself for. We've talked about him quite a bit over the past few weeks, Chase Claypool. Um, the, you know, I didn't play him after his first big game because I was like, I don't know if that's sustainable. Then he had a second big game in a row. So then for the third potential big game in a row, I put him in my DFS lineup and he had 0.8 points. <laughs> so that did not go well. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on that probably when we get to uh, just the money line pick. Not necessarily an underdog this week. I I switched it up a little bit and have uh, some point spread stuff. But I think that's the that's the biggest game that that's the biggest game coming up this week that I'll that I'll definitely be interested in watching. But before, but we'll you know we'll get through we'll get through uh, locks and sleepers before we get to any of that. But as far as my miss, Ronald Jones uh, killed me. Uh, I definitely definitely could have finished a lot higher. I was surprised because coming into uh, week seven, he was coming off three straight hundred yard games, and uh, Leonard Fournette was kind of hobbled by that ankle injury, and he was kind of just like, "Oh, emergency only back." Like if if no one else can do anything, then uh, we'll bring him in. And I think he got out snapped. I think by four, it was like something like thirty, like something like thirty four to thirty, and uh, what was it? Fournette rushed for like sixteen more yards and like two fewer carries, and got seven targets. I think he caught. He caught four or five of those where, yeah, which Ronald Jones saved himself, thankfully, uh, by scoring a, a one-yard touchdown. Tom Brady got a I, – I was like, oh, maybe he can get a two-touchdown game if they use him on the goal line. But they use Tom Brady, of course, and then he gets uh, a gimme on the one-yard line. But I was like, three three straight 100-yard games and this guy gives me 34? That 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 one was tilting because I was really thinking about – you know, I was thinking that uh, Ronald – I was thinking the Buccaneers blowout with you know Ronald Jones getting on the ground continue to be that star guy he's been the past couple of weeks and then uh Gronkowski's coming off now eight targets in back-to-back weeks and with Godwin going down with his finger injury I can only assume that he can even get more incorporated as far as like red zone targets yeah I mean I'm sure that it just took some time for him to rebuild his chemistry and timing with Brady but he certainly looked like vintage Gronk uh over the weekend and by the way yeah I had Ronald Jones in too so I was hoping for you know between 17 and 20 points from him and 10.6 wasn't as bad as Claypool's 0.8 but still was not what I was expecting from him so yeah definitely a miss for me too coming into lock of the week um I kind of have two guys who are kind of mid-tier, not necessarily stars uh, this time around, but Brandon Ayuk is going to be my lock of the week against the Seahawks, who have just been destroyed by everyone through the air. And it's just like, at this point, it's like, who do the 49ers have left uh, to use? Because their running backs are just going to keep on churning out, which uh, Jeff Wilson was such a smash play. Uh, the guy, yeah, the guy who won the uh, millionaire maker had him as like a 
as a key guy, but now he's down. Raheem Mostert's on the IR. Uh, Tevin Coleman is looking to come back for the first time since week two. He had that knee injury. And then Jarek McKinnon, I think, got one carry in that game after being like their main receiving back. And I don't think he had any catches. Uh, so unless it's going to be the Jamichael Hasty show against uh, Seattle Seahawks defense, that's, um, I think, exceeded expectations as far as um, run defense. They've been they've had one of the better run f- defenses to kind of offset the terrible pass defense they had this year. Ayuk coming off his first 100-yard game of the season. Debo Samuel is another guy who also is dealing with the hamstring injury. And we know how they like those uh, utility guys who can get on the end of rounds. He might even get some carries out of the backfield. So I think Ayuk has a pathway to get a solid amount of touches in this game against the Seahawks. So I like him. I agree. Um, And for me, actually, I think that I'm going to go with Gronkowski. I like the matchup against the Giants. And I think that we did see against the Raiders that he and Tom have that New England timing back. Um, And so I think that we will, like you mentioned, the fact that, um, you know, Godwin's dinged. uh, Antonio Brown, I don't think is even able to play yet. I don't think his suspension is really up until next week. So I think that he's going to emerge as one of the primary options there this week against the Giants. And so that's going to be my lock this week. Um, I didn't look and see how much Gronk costs, but he has been one of the, like he hasn't been the one of the top price guys over the past few weeks. Um, the, he, I'm sure his price went up some after last week's performance. As far as sleeper of the week, who I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, have, I haven't played him uh, yet this year, so I'm not too sure about how the public is keyed in on to him but Nelson Aguilar who oh I also forgot to say Brandon I use price is 5,800 uh so far so you know not not super pricey but also not cheap but Nelson Aguilar at $4,700 against the Browns who yeah just just getting I think I think taking a a lot of out of that uh Browns Raiders game there's just so much potential through the passing game and Nelson Aguilar has really stepped up while Brian Edwards out of South Carolina their rookie they really like has been out him and uh, Hunter Renfro has re- have really uh, stepped it up in that receiving core and have paired pretty well with uh, Darren Waller to give Derek Carr some solid options. And yeah, uh, I have to I have to pull up his actual his a uh, year long stats, but I know and uh, yard I know he has the I know he leads them in touchdown catches actually this year with four. He's fourth in the NFL with nineteen point five yards per reception um, right now. So even 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 when Edwards comes back and starts to get a little bit more, get it a little bit more work again. I think how can you go away from a guy who he was one of the only bright spots for Las Vegas against uh, the Buccaneers in week seven, went over a hundred yards. So, and he's also out snapped Hunter Renfro, who was ahead of him on the depth chart for two weeks straight. So I think he continues to be a pretty important part of that offense. And then, you know, since Cincinnati, all, all three of their top guys really got going against the Browns. And I think the Raiders can do something similar. Um, and for me, my sleeper is going to be, you know, he has not been a very popular uh, DFS option. He's somebody that Eagles fans have been complaining about nonstop the season, but going up against the Cowboys defense, I got to say Carson Wentz has the potential to have a pretty big day. Um, by the way, circling back to Gronk, he's $4,900 this week. So that's a pretty good bargain. I think for the, uh, for the potential there, um, Carson Wentz isn't, you know, I, I no decent quarterback is cheap, but he's $6,200, which in the grand scheme is not that bad. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think that he could be a guy that you could build a pretty decent roster around this week. And I may even do that myself. Yeah, man, I, I have to go ahead and, and check in myself because a guy I'm higher on now that Deshaun Jackson is uh, going to be back out for a couple weeks, Travis Fulgham has uh, continued to play at a pretty high a pretty high level. I think he hasn't he caught the he caught like uh, caught uh, 57 receiving yards and then a touchdown and his debut with the Eagles and then he hasn't dropped under 70 receiving yards in three straight games and three of his four three of his four games he's gotten the start he scored a touchdown so him and then surprisingly Richard Rodgers was crazy involved while um, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are out which I can't remember how many catches he had but I know he had 85 receiving yards in that uh, in that Thursday game against the Giants so even yeah if you have like a low like a low price stack against the Cowboys defense who gave up that however so many points 25 I think it was to Washington I think the Eagles have that same potential even um, if they don't have uh, Miles Sanders and those guys just like just the disarray around the Cowboys right now I think could make that an ideal one Yes, our our apologies to our friend RJ Ochoa at our Cowboys site, Vlogging the Boys, who I know was just slogging through this coverage this year. And as a Falcons fan and somebody who's covered the team, like I know how not fun that is. So, uh, but yeah, the Cowboys are just not having a good year. <laughs> so. Moving on to the not necessarily money line, but just a uh, just line just lines that I have in my eye on. Um, looking working over, just looking at the DraftKings sportsbook. Uh, splits 83 percent of the public right now is betting on the Steelers to go to Baltimore and upset them in MNC Bank Stadium Ravens are four point favorites at minus 205 while the Steelers are uh, plus 180 and you know I I think I think the Ravens come out on top in this one not necessarily yeah it's not necessarily an underdog pick like I've uh, typically done but I think this the four point spread would be uh, the Ravens covering I definitely like those odds you know, there's they're still there's still five and one on the year. The only team they've lost to this year is the Chiefs, who they lost by 14. But in the other two games that they played at MT Bank, they won by an average of 28 points. So uh, I think I like the I like those odds. And then also they're you know they're making their moves. I don't necessarily I don't think uh, Des Bryant is going to be a factor this time around. But they did just trade for Yannick Ngakwe. It's a hard that's a hard name to say. It is, but you nailed it actually. I think. Yeah, it might it might be unique, but either way, we uh, we know that he's a top level pass rusher, who the jag the Jaguars um, shipped off, and then he's changed hands for a second time now because the Ravens were already crazy on the defensive line, and now you know they add, you know, are, are arguably a top like five six pass rusher in the NFL to that. So uh, I think that's going to be difficult for James Con- uh, for James Conner or whoever whoever back whatever back they want to use. I think Snell, Snell got the uh, rushing, t- got a rushing touchdown in week seven. So it's just like, are they going to have to lean on completely? Which their receiving core has been pretty good. Uh, John, J- uh, Deontay Johnson was a low owned guy who came, came back from that back injury and had the two touchdowns. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, who seemed like he was the odd man out, ran, gets 14 targets now, which it narrowly gives him the edge as far as the target, like the target battle. Cause everyone was at like, there's so many guys who are between like 30 and 35 ish like targets on the year. And now he has like a one, he has like a one target lead on the next guy who I can't, I can't remember, but I don't know if he's going to get that same val same volume, but 
yeah, even yeah, the Ravens the Ravens secondary is still able to lock guys up and they've held two teams under 10 points at home so far. Not not the best teams as the as the Browns and uh Cincinnati, but that's a that's a tough team to beat, especially coming off uh by a bye week too and getting yeah. Mark Ingram back. Yeah, absolutely. And then we did get one mailbag question this week about gambling. So it seems like a good time to work that in. Inspector Hound, who is Spangled Dogma on Twitter and has a photo of a very good dog as their profile photo, would like to know, do the Eagles cover a negative 7.5 versus the Cowboys this week? That is, oh man, that that that's a tough, I want to, my immediate instinct is to say yes, it's really hard to know what to expect from the NFC East. If, if you think they're going to just come out and, and play their best game and not uh, fall apart, which it's just really hard to predict what an NFC East team is going to do any given week. I think, I think, yeah, I think that, I think they cover, but with at least like two points to spare uh, on that one. But then also, you know, I thought the Cowboys plus one were a sure thing against uh, Washington in week seven. So there's there's always surprises, but I I don't think something that drastic uh, would happen back to back week. So I would say yeah. Yeah, I think that you're probably right about that. And like you said, the NFC East is just hard to pin down this year. <laughs> it's been such a mess. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, just just another thing why we were on uh, point while we we're on point spread stuff. I think another kind of sneaky one to keep an eye on is uh, the Kansas City and the Jets, which is going to be a terrible game. I definitely don't want to watch it but um Kansas City at Arrowhead is 19 and a half point favorite which I think I think there's some I think there could be some interest in taking the Jets to actually cover that one because they're supposed to get they're supposed to get blown away by the Bills their last time out granted they were at home and that was a pretty close that was a pretty close game and they ended up losing 18 to 10 and uh covering then which I don't the Chiefs aren't the Bills by yeah, yeah, the Chiefs aren't the Bills by any means, but when I see anything that mass, I'm just like, hey, I I, I don't see what the risk is in uh, taking a look at that and uh, taking the Jets to cover the spread because that's just like a ridiculous margin. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I did get a kick this morning. I was talking to our site manager at Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, also the co-host of one of our football, football cheat sheet shows. And uh, he said something about, you know, if the Jets managed to pull off a miracle, I was like, <laughs> then act like that's a possibility. Come on. <laughs> so, I, I mean, anything can happen any given Sunday and all that. But the Jets and the Chiefs are just in two very different places as football teams. Yeah, but that that will definitely be something in like two or three weeks. The Chiefs lose at home to the Raiders and Jets. I don't think anybody yeah. uh, would make that prediction. No, no, absolutely not. Until until it's done, maybe in high, in hindsight, someone <laughs> would say, "Oh yeah, they they had enough talent to get the job done." But yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't think it'd be a competitive game. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they lost by you know 50, fifteen or something like that. I think yeah. that's a possibility. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely a possibility, especially at Arrowhead. And now going into who is in the doghouse this week, uh, the last show I did have Michael Thomas who didn't up, who didn't end up playing, but he's back in practice now, and he was one of the most explosive fantasy uh, fantasy players all last year. We've only seen him one time this year in that seventeen yard performance. So you know, some something's got to give, and we've got to see if he can return to. Uh, being that go-to guy where yeah Drew Brees receiving core is like 
you know, it's, it's getting thinner by the day, which I have to uh, check up and def- definitely track the Saints injury report coming up to this weekend. But it was like uh, Callaway was out. Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel Sanders was dealing with the COVID-19. Uh, yeah, was dealing with COVID-19. And even even another, uh, even their, thir- their third guy, I think, all held out of practice on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, well, and Michael Thomas was held out um yesterday he was limited yesterday yeah. ankle on the hand hamstring so he may not be a hundred percent um yeah so that i agree with you on that one he is one that's that who's hurt me this year um also in the doghouse is literally my dog bella who has decided <laughs> that she can't wait five minutes to ring the bell on the back door to go outside so if you hear that you know she's just excited that she got a shout out on the podcast i guess um and then also i got cam newton uh, you oh, know my. You and I are in similar positions here. Yeah. I drafted him in every single season-long league that I'm in. I was very excited about the possibilities. He has not looked like the same player since he was sidelined with COVID. Um, I, I'm not saying that there's a connection there. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, obviously, it's been a very disrupted season and off-season, but Cam has just not looked like himself, and he certainly did not look like himself last week. And, yeah, so I'm hoping that he – you know, hits a stride again, but that was just a mess of a performance. Yeah. Cam single-handedly destroyed my season long fantasy last week because, you know, I'm in, I'm in that interesting league where it goes to incompletions are negative points. So, and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a deep league. So I started uh, Cam Newton over Joe Burrow. So (laughs) that, yeah, that is, that is what killed me. And also in that same, that's the same game Odell Beckham got zero points and got injured on the first drive. Yeah. I think I ended up losing by some I ended up losing something something by like 20 points, but Cam had negative seven is what he ended up with before Stidham came in. And Joe Burrow had 43. So oh gosh. last week was one of the weirdest season-long weeks for me because then so we have an uh, a league with current and former SB Nation staffers. And apparently I won last week, even though I had Cam starting. And then I had somebody else in who was ruled out like last minute. So zero points for them. And then I also like my kicker got like 30. I don't know. Like it was last week. It's just a bonkers week for season long, I guess. (laughs) Who do you have? Who is your kicker? That's what I want to know. Here's the issue. I didn't even set that lineup because I forget the password. (laughs) Oh, whoever, whoever was in there week one is still in there. And I only know because Christian D'Andrea, who used to write about the NFL for SB Nation, let me know that I was beating him. <laughs> that was wow. why. So, yeah, I need to figure out what I need to reset that password and then take a look. But, yes, I got to yeah. kick out of that because I have too many season long leagues. And, uh, yeah, that's, that the, that's the kind of luck. That's the kind of luck I need for sure. <laughs> I think it's kind of luck that we all need this season. It's been a bonker season across the board. <laughs> No, but yeah, uh, just before we wrap, just before we wrap things up, to touch on Newton, I I think he's gonna stay in the doghouse for the foreseeable future, just given that uh, Nikhil Harry's still dealing with that concussion. Mm-hmm. I saw I was uh, reading up yesterday about um, Julian Edelman's knee kind of being an issue and potential and potentially surgery coming up. Oh boy! And then uh, just just today, just before we uh, hopped on and started recording the show, uh, Stefan Gilmore also in danger of now. Uh, missing for week eight so yeah yeah he's not yet ruled out but he did tweak his knee on thursday so that's not ideal at all so can't yeah unless unless demir bird is gonna be the guy who steals the show it's 
It's, it's definitely it's definitely gonna be tough. It's gonna be, have to be him or Damian Harris would have to literally go crazy for Cam to pull it out. So I'll be taking a long hard look at Joe Burrow this week as you know. I got him, him, it's him, Kyler, and Cam, and Cam is looking like the worst of the group right now. Burrow has, even though the Bengals haven't necessarily been winning games, he certainly has showed the ability to put up numbers. So I think that he's probably a pretty good option, depending on, you know, matchup, obviously. For sure. <laughs> Did we just have another dog weigh in? <laughs> yeah. I've I've got three coming in here now. They're they're being pretty good right now. I'm surprised yeah. they're not jumping on me. I don't know what Bella's getting into, but um, yeah, they both, I guess, decided to not pay attention to our doghouse segment. So So, yeah, that is actually our show for today, everybody. Um, We invite you to play DFS with us on DraftKings. Uh, We put together a contest. It's a standard lineup with a $50,000 salary cap. We've got room for 10 people, but we can do multiple contests if for example, Amir gets shut out of the contest this week. I will set up another one. It's a $10 buy-in and the top three spots pay out. So you have a chance to win a nice little chunk of money there. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas. It's J-E-A-N-N-A Thomas. And I will post the link there sometime today. And I invite you to join us and play along. And you can find me at it's underscore a miracle, A-M-E-E-R-I-C-L-E. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and drop your fantasy DFS and gambling questions in the comments with a five-star review, and we'll answer them on the next episode. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time, guys.